The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good morning and welcome to the Pinpoint Health Show on Global News Radio. I'm Danny Longo filling in for John Schools and I'm with Dr. Lou. Doc, how's it going? Good, you. Thanks, I'm, Danny, I'm very, for being here. Thank you. I have, I'm having a little difficulty on the headphones hearing you, but I can hear you obviously speak, so we'll get this sorted out. Perfect. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Danny, thanks for being here with us today. Um, typically, we start the show off speaking about things that have happened through the week, some yes. interesting cases. Um, so, I, I, I mean, and then... I was mentioning off air the mm-hmm. natural curiosity that you might have on things would be interesting without John being here um, and and going through some of those things. But I mean, after last week, we we spent uh, we had Dr. Henry Candelier in who was talking about low back issues. Yeah, it was a great show. And um, so there was sort of an influx this week of people with low back pain, which there's always an influx of people with low back pain, um, just because of how very common it is. 80, 80% of the population at some point will experience some type of, oh, wow. of spine-related back pain and back and low back pain being more common than you know upper back pain and neck pain. Uh, neck pain would be second most common and the, and the thoracic area, the, the upper back uh, the least most common because of the inherent stability with the rib cage, whereas the other two segments, um, it's just really soft tissues supporting its structure and holding it upright. The low back being more common because of of gravity, you just got more right. weight down there. So yeah. so it sort of makes sense for people in that regard. Um, and a lot of what we went through last week was really focusing on figuring out back back pain i always tell people is like telling someone like if you came to see me and you had a fever mm-hmm. and i just told you you had a fever you probably wouldn't be too happy with me because right. it's like well i knew that coming in <laughs> but my back hurts yeah exactly yeah. so most people you know there's there's a diagnosis of mechanical back pain and people are like oh geez like i knew i had back pain before i came here and now i'm being told i have right. back pain it's yeah. it's confirmed uh so it's funny that sort of the diagnosis can also be sort of the symptom that people experience but I guess the important part to consider is what you put in front of that word back pain and the mechanical aspect of back pain um, being the most common, 95% of, of spine-related pain is is called mechanical back pain. And that mechanical is really the diagnosis. That's the, the important part. And what that essentially means is it's related to the mechanics and the movement of okay. things going on. So like just day-to-day wear and tear kind of stuff? Yeah, the movement aspect, okay. everything. The wear and tear aspect is actually the part that doesn't matter that much because everything we have, there's a wear and tear component, right? Yeah, so so you've probably heard of things like degenerative disc disease. And yes. people will walk around saying, you know, I have an x-ray and it says I have degenerative disc disease. And that's why I have low back pain. Most often, not really. That's not usually the reason for spine-related pain. That's what we would call an incidental finding. It's sort of like gray hair of the skeleton. So as you age, you're going to have a, your bo- your any joint in your body is good to, going to degenerate. Mm-hmm. The question becomes at any given static point in time when we're looking at it, is the degeneration more than we would expect at that age, right? So there are instances where things could degenerate to a point where it's more severe than we would expect. A good example of that is things like autoimmune diseases. So say somebody has like rheumatoid arthritis and that rheumatoid arthritis is attacking a joint and it's causing it to degenerate at a severe level in someone who's 30 or 40 years old. That's a problem. Yeah. If we see severe degeneration, I've seen people that have very severely degenerated joints, but they're 90 or 92 or 93 
it sort of makes sense mm-hmm. because temporally you start to look at it and it's of course throughout your age um and the wear and tear the gravity all of the things of being human that have weared out on you um that is going to lead to that now that doesn't mean severe Anytime you get to severe, that will likely cause the pain, would probably be the cause of pain. But again, in order to get to severe, you would typically expect that in much older individuals. Most people that develop spine-related pain can develop it very early on. And so we see a lot of people that might be 40, 45, whatever age group saying, you know, I've been told I have degenerative disc disease. Mild to moderate, even in the moderate, maybe towards severe, it doesn't really matter that much. And that's the thing. Now, there are instances where that degenerative aspect, maybe it's degenerating in such a way that it might be putting pressure on a nerve or something like that. That might be significant, but that would create probably very specific symptoms. So a good example of that, that degenerative aspect that happens will lead to what's called osteophyte formations, which are just bony extensions, right? Okay. Um, and those bony extensions, if that pushes on a nerve, that will create very specific nerve-related pain. So someone who comes in and says, listen, I, you know, and this is what stenosis is, spinal stenosis, mm-hmm. which uh, which we've, we've talked about a bunch of times on the show, um, is when that degeneration gets so bad that it starts pushing on the nerve. But really the biggest symptom with that is not back pain, it's leg pain because of the pressure on the nerve. So when someone comes in just saying that their back is hurting, that's what I mean. It's most often related to the mechanics and the mechanics being the soft tissues, the stabilizing muscles, the things that keep the inherent structure are just probably weak. They're deconditioned for whatever reason. A lot of things can lead to that. And, you know, it's just as prevalent in guys like me and you that are sitting probably right, more yeah. of the day versus people who are out there uh, doing manual labor. Mm-hmm. Neither, neither is perfect, right? There's a way that, you, and and it might lead to different mechanical issues, like di- because within the mechanical aspect, there's a lot of things there. Um, so it might lead to different structures being affected. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's a complicated type of thing. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay. If you have any questions for Doctor Lou, he's got answers. Give us a call. 416-870-6400. We're going to go to a break. If you want to get a hold of Dr. Lou outside of the show, it's one 855 doctor Lou. Email him at info at pinpointhealth.ca or visit pinpointhealth.ca. It's the Pinpoint Health Show on Global News Radio. We're back on the Pinpoint Health Show with Dr. Lou. I'm Danny Longo filling in for John Scholes. Uh, if you have any questions for Dr. Lou, give us a call, 416 416- 870-6400. Dr. Lou, I have a question for you. Sure. I have a yeah. family member. Okay. I'm not going to say who. That's fine. That's <laughs> but fine. Uh, constantly wakes up with a chronic back pain. In the know. morning. Yes. Every always. morning. Every morning. And they always say it's uh, it's my sciatica. It's my okay. sciatica. It's like it's been going on forever. Won't go to a doctor, so is of course. So it, yeah. it, it's mainly leg pain then? Leg, lower back. Lower leg back and pain. lower back yeah. in and, the morning. And she, she does see uh, so a I, physiotherapist. So she, so we know she's female. That's yes. good. Okay. Yes. That helps me. Yeah. And what about age? Can we go that far? Uh, 40s, mid-40s. 40s, okay. Yeah. And and how long has this been going on for? Long time. Long time. Yeah, at least 10, 15 years. Yeah, yeah so I mean, it's interesting with morning stiffness, right? Yeah. So once upon a time... Um, sort of when going back to mechanical back pain, one of the other, you know, not, that's 95% of low back pain cases, but there's, you know, three, maybe 4% of, of spine related low back pain cases are what we term inflammatory. So when there's okay. inflammatory, meaning from some type of autoimmune disease, that's all of a sudden starts to attack the joints in the body. The most common in the spine being ankylosing spondylitis. Okay. It doesn't, you know, it sounds big and scary. And right. I mean, it's not great, but it's definitely manageable. 
one of the big features that we use to sort of help us from a symptomatic standpoint to figure out whether we're talking to someone who might have mechanical pain or someone who might have inflammatory pain, because those are the two big ones. Mm -hmm. And again, inflammatory is much smaller likelihood than mechanical, but yet it's the two biggest chunks that we have is we ask about morning stiffness. So inflammatory pain does tend to um, have this thing. Now, it's it's interesting, and the reason why I bring this up is because most recently there's new guidelines that have now eliminated morning stiffness as, a, as an indicator for uh, inflammatory back pain because of okay. how common it is also in the mechanical. So just based on that you know, like if we if we had to base this on the statistics, right, we would say now female in the 40s, though, that's sort of the age group for inflammatory stuff. She would probably have other things going on as well. Mm-hmm. How how is she throughout the day? I mean, it's it's a constant thing. It's constant. Yeah. Okay. And any, she's carrying around a lot of weight, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is is there any other types of things like? gut issues or eye issues, skin issues that you can think no, of? Okay, so inflammatory so, no. things tend to affect more than one system in the body. Um, so that's that's sort of an important thing. What about night pain? Does, does she wake up with pain in the middle of the night? Yeah, early early mornings a lot of the time. Early she mornings. can't sleep anymore. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, and, and she's seen her family doctor often or not really? No. <laughs> and so she is doing physio. Yes, physio, she, massage therapy as well. And uh, what is, like, passive in nature where they're doing stuff to her or active where she's doing exercises building Uh, i think it's more passive yeah they're they're usually doing stuff i think she you know she does some stretches some things that they tell her to do yeah so so the big you know she gets the laser and like that right so those passive modalities are very good in acute settings right so you can have chronic back pain low level back pain and then all of a sudden you're you exacerbate yourself for whatever reason those passive modalities so passive meaning anything that a professional can do to you and you don't really ha- you just sort of have to lay there and not do very much are very very good for bringing down that inis- initial insult mm-hmm. but when you get down to the chronic stuff the long been going on for more than 6 yes. months and it sounds like this is the case yep Really, the key here is building up the soft tissues again, mainly the core musculature if it's low okay. back pain. So core doesn't just mean your abs. It means your abs, the back muscles, your glute muscles, and it's a combination of things. Um, and there's some very key exercises that you need to be doing. But the hardest part about chronic low back pain is that the person suffering from it is the one that needs to do the majority of the work because they need to do this stuff all the time. This is not right. something. It's the physio, the chiros, the massage therapist job to show you what you should be doing, but it's your job to do it to all the time, it, yeah. every single day. It's a management aspect. I always on the show will make this analogous to if you got diagnosed with diabetes and they told you you had to go on some type of medication like a metformin, that doesn't mean you would take metformin only when you're at your doctor's office. Right. In between visits, you would take it every single day um, at, at its prescribed dose. Now, the problem being is that, you know, pills are a very easy thing to take, whereas rehab exercises that you would have to do every day take a lot more energy. They take more time. But that is the essential component. And along with the exercises is also the modification of things, because some things that sh- she's probably doing throughout her day are probably not the best things to be doing. Um, so that's always something to consider. So, I mean, based on it's obviously impossible for me yeah. to give a diagnosis, but 
I, I often, when I hear those types of non-specific symptoms, I lean towards mechanical pain. Also because it's been going on for so long and typically inflammatory pain at some point, if it was that bad, she may have got checked out and, you know, had some low level blood work and that might start to create an indication. So, but it is something to consider definitely in that age group of female, you'd also want to consider the possibility of inflammatory pain. Right. And yeah, it's probably going to be an ongoing thing unless uh, you take the preventative. It, it, it's right? a management thing, right? Yeah. So back pain is not so this idea we, we were talking to before about the cure word right mm-hmm. and i'm not a big fan of the word cure because there's really no such thing that we have for anything we have some really good ways of managing a lot of things we have some very good ways of preventing things but we're not that great at curing anything right because the idea of a cure means you can get rid of something and it doesn't come back ever but that's mm-hmm. not like i mean we could all get the flu and we might be quote unquote cured right. but that does not mean that we're never going to have it again we have to now manage ourselves we have to wash our hands cover our mouths and minimize the likelihood of reoccurrence right. um so especially with something like low back pain that is constant it affects so many people it is really management there's no and and i think that's the harder part is because people have this idea like, oh, I have back pain. It should go away at some point forever. And it doesn't. That's the confusing aspect, right? Because um, it's just sort of the way it is. But at that point, it becomes a management issue. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Any questions for Dr. Lou? We're here. We're here in uh, Sunday morning. It's a little bit of a different time for you. Yeah. So, a, yeah. So we, you know, the auto show has been on for the last few yes. weeks and they needed my 11 o'clock slot on Saturday. We'll be back to normal times uh, next Saturday at 11. Uh, but, you know, I figure we try this and, and see if we get some uh, calls and see what Perfect, the yeah. people Sunday morning want to talk about. So if you do have a question, it's 416-870-6400. If you want to email Dr. Lou, info at pinpointhealth.ca, or if you want to call outside of the show time, it's a one eight five 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 Doctor Lou. It's the Pinpoint Health Show on Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio six forty Toronto. And we're back with Dr. Lou. Any questions for Dr. Lou, give us a call, 416-870-6400. If you uh, want to follow him on social media, it's uh, Instagram, Facebook, just search uh, Pinpoint Health or Dr. Lou. Yep, good stuff on there. Mm-hmm. A lot of, uh, I, I sort of, John and I always say it's the visual aspects yeah. of uh, of the show in terms of like exercises that might be beneficial, explaining different things. Um, you can also reach out to me if you want a specific video or something that sort of shows uh something that you're thinking of, I'm happy to sort of do that. And always, you know, calling one eight five 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 doctor Lou if you want to set up a consultation. Um, you know, I always tell people there's the worst that, you know, that can happen is I shouldn't say the worst that can happen. A lot of people will call in and we speak and and it's stuff that they're already managing correctly mm-hmm. and they sort of maybe just want reassurance on that. Sometimes things are being managed very, very poorly. And at that point, I recommend an assessment with me, right? Because it's it's tough for me. This isn't something that I can be providing a diagnosis over the phone. I need to actually, because of how important the physical exam and the history is. Right. Um, so, I mean, and then... You know, a lot of these things, again, are, are sort of self-management. A lot of these chronic issues, which I don't just deal with chronic issues, but I guess for whatever reason, um, there's a lot of chronic things out there and people are mismanaged. But a lot of these chronic issues, the key really does come down to the self-management, right? And that's, we, we ended off speaking about the the low back pain mm-hmm. with the, the family member that you have. 
but that's a lot of the case with most chronic problems. It's, it's self-management. And again, the analogy towards diabetes, it would be a combination of, you know, you need to change your diet patterns. You need to change your exercise patterns. You need to take your medications. Um, and, and that's really self-care at that point. And if you do those things, you can manage it very, very well. Right. And then you use the, the interventions, the medical interventions, uh, the passive therapies, right? The things that someone else is going to do to you in the acute exacerbations, because that stuff will happen along the way. Even when you, for, with the example of low back pain, you could be managing your low back pain perfectly. And I always tell people, even if you're a hundred percent perfect at everything you do, that doesn't mean you'll never experience a flare up again. Mm -hmm. And anybody that tells you that is lying. Um, the reality is you probably minimize how likely that happens. You probably minimize its severity. You'll minimize the uh, extent that it sticks around for, because you'll just be better equipped to deal with it. Uh, but flare ups can always happen because again, it's just the thing about low back pain is it's a weak point of being human. It, this is nothing more than that, right? Like we can look across cultures, whether we're looking at the third world or the first mm -hmm. world, whether we're looking at a certain ethnic group or another ethnic group, P spine pain is just as common. It's common in terms of temporally when we've measured it throughout time over the last however many hundreds of years that it's been looked at. It's still just as common. It doesn't change. And it's really because, you know, we stand on two feet and because we stand on two feet, we have a, a low back that needs to sort of be supported. And if you right. do the wrong things over and over again, you're going to create some strain and sprain issues and those strain and sprain issues will become pain. Right. And, and you'll face that yeah. type of stuff. How, how common is it for people to come in to you and, you know, they already uh, self-diagnose. It's like, I, oh. need, I need this to happen or yeah. I need you to do this for me. Yeah, that's constant. And yeah. I think that mindset, a big thing of what I talk about on the show a lot is is the mindset of the this type of stuff. And part of uh, when you're looking at any issue, you want to consider the psychosocial, which means essentially the person's psychology, their social network, okay. all of those things. And that's, that's huge, right? That tells you a lot of things about a person in terms of the way they come in and present because it will... It, it really speaks more than anything towards prognosis and prognosis being how likely someone is to recover well from whatever they're suffering from. And that type of attitude um, can often lead to a poorer prognosis, right? Where you're, you're self-diagnosing, you're going through those things, mainly because the first thing that I think of is if someone's self-diagnosing is... I mean, a lot of people will search things, but when you're self-diagnosing, you're thinking you're the expert and, right. and that you know what your problem is. And the reality is here, and I mean, we were speaking your Portuguese descent, yep. I'm Italian, so we all know like the most dangerous thing is I always get it from my family members where it's like, oh, you know, my, you know, I'll be speaking to my aunt and she'll be like, oh, my best friend's sister had this and this is what <laughs> she did. And it's like that, that is the worst form of healthcare, yeah. right? And even just as another example, we, I mean, our clinics, we do a lot of different things. And one of the things that we run is the specialized knee clinic okay. that we've spoken about on the phone before. And sometimes we're recommending knee surgery, right? Like I am of the mindset to always have the most conservative approach and move towards the most invasive when required. But there are times when that invasive approach of surgery or injections or things like that are warranted. And my job is to make that recommendation. And do you know how many people I speak with and say, oh, I heard somebody that had this really bad experience. It's like, yeah, but you're going to hear that because that's what's interesting. People don't, you're not, people don't walk around and tell you, you don't hear the story about, you know, so-and-so's grandmother or sister that had this amazing knee yeah. operation. You only hear the, you know, the less than 1% of bad things that can happen and bad things can happen, but it's the job of the healthcare professional and the person to do the right things to minimize that. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're getting the story of, uh, oh, you know, this person's only 40 years old. 
old and they yeah. they had a hip replacement or a and whatever. It's, and yeah. it ended up in an absolute disaster yeah. or something, whatever. Uh, and listen, that's important to consider. Yeah. And any good surgeon will go through the risks of the potential surgery. It's also about people doing. And, and the other thing is, once you st- when I start diving into these things. You start to realize how much the person who had the procedure done contributed to whatever bad thing happened because people don't do the proper care after those types of things. They don't do the proper therapies that they're recommended to do. So outcomes don't just matter just on what the surgeon's doing in the office. It also matters on what you're doing before and after. Perfect. Yeah. If you have a question for Dr. Lou, a health question, it's 416-870-6400. Outside of the show, it's one 855 doctor Lou. Email at info at pinpointhealth. .ca or visit pinpointhealth.ca. It's the Pinpoint Health Show on Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back to the Pinpoint Health Show. I'm Danny Longo, in for John Scholes with Dr. Lou, as usual. If you have a question, call us, 416-870-6400. Outside of the show times, it's one 855 Dr. Lou. We're probably, uh, there's probably a different listenership yeah. there than is uh, used to. I wonder if my regulars realize, like there's a lot of people that listen regularly that reach out to me and I wonder if they, they might, maybe they think the show's canceled, but as of next <laughs> next Saturday, we'll, we'll, be be, we'll be back on yeah. at 11. So, but definitely anybody listening at this point, if you've got a question, uh, anything healthcare, pain and injury related, I'm happy to do my best to try to, at the very least, as I always do, point you in the right direction. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's the big reason why I do this show is really to, uh, um, to get people in the right direction because mm-hmm. there's a lot of misguided information out there and it's uh and it's a pretty dangerous thing when it comes to your pain and injury issues. Perfect. Yeah, we have a caller, I think. I uh, just uh, don't know. Oh, may not yet. be ready. Yeah. That's okay. Um yeah, in the meantime, I guess one of the other things that uh, uh to speak about is uh, I mentioned in the previous is the caller ready? Yeah. yeah. We'll okay, let's the take call. the call. William, are you there in Burlington? How you doing? What's your question? Not too bad, not too bad, Mr. Longo. I uh, it's good to talk to you. I used to work. I used to work with you occasionally back over in the Hammer. Oh, okay. But, uh, my, yeah, my question is for Doctor Lou. So, Doctor Lou, yes. Uh, the the boss at home is uh, is <laughs> suffering from uh, fluid in the lung space uh, okay. due to some other complications and so on and so forth. Yeah, she's had the fluid drained uh, through a thoracentesis, and she's had like one point five, one point two liters drained off on occasion. That is a lot of weight on one side of the body, and it, and and you know I, I make fun of her and looking like she's she, you know she in, in you know try and keep things light. She's been to the bar too much and she's tilting. Right. Okay. Um, so it's so she's leaning like whether consciously or unconsciously to one side, and that, as you can imagine, if you're carrying it all on the one side, is causing all kinds of biomechanical issues and so on and so forth. And so I'm wondering. Are there any kind, like, other than just simply trying to just lean the other way, are there other areas, are there other exercises that can be done to try and sort of mitigate some of these things? Well, you can't deal, yeah, you can't deal with the, the, the bigger issue, but just try to first aid it, as you as it were. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the thing here is always, it's always about identifying the root cause of the problem, right? And if there's fluid being built up in the lungs, I would say that that is step one. If, you know, getting that under control will really... Yeah obviously, and I think you know that already in terms of are there other things that you could do? Um, 
it's a tough one, right? Because, you know, could you try other things and lean the other way? Yeah, but I, I think if the, the the thing about the body is if you, if when it wants to do something, it will do it because it's trying to offload pressure and things in different ways. An example of that is people who have disc herniations in their low back will often have what's called an antalgic posture. So they'll sort of look like they're they're listing, they're leaning one way. And that's not, they're not doing that on purpose. They're doing that because their body's making them do it. Um, another example is with spinal stenosis. People will have this stooped forward posture. And in fact, I see a lot of people that come in and because stenosis happens to older people and most often men, you'll have the wives there saying, I've been telling him to stand up straight. And it's like, well, he can't. Right. Like even if he wanted to, he probably couldn't. Um, and so I wonder if the pathophysiology for what your your wife is going through is similar. Right. Because the bigger thing for me, though, and everything that I'm hearing is you'd want to really figure out the lung issue. Right. Because that seems more concerning that fluid is building up. Now, when you say fluid, do you mean like pneumonia, like she has consistent pneumonia going on? Well, no, no. What it is is that she's a she is she is uh, undergoing treatment for cancer, oh, okay. and, the, and the fluid in the lung is is a byproduct. Yeah, byproduct. That. That's why I was sort of, right, right, yeah, okay. Was sort of like, yeah, we know what that is. We're right. dealing with that as best we can. Yeah, um, it's just more like okay. So now, like, you know, the, just you know, generally, because because the, the problem is is that she's tipped, she's leaning over, and you're right. It, it's a lot. It relieves the pressure because if she leans the other way. It, it impacts on the breathing that way, but it was just more like, you know, is there, are there some things like, is there, because as you can imagine, right? Like you walk somebody who's got some kind of gait issue and they all, and every other muscle in their body is weakened or overworking to compensate for that. So right. That's yeah. What but I was wondering is, is that there, no, I think again, your body will naturally do those types of things because certain systems are more important, right? Like to your, to the brain, breathing is going to be much more important than, than pain in your low back so that's your her body's naturally doing that and and now that you've said that like a whole division of pain is what we call cancer related pain right and then the consequences of that and that's definitely not my specialty it's 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 its own branch of medicine um oncology related pain because of how complicated it is with different things that go on like you're describing with uh with your wife so i think yeah it's it's a sad it, i don't i don't think i can offer anything in terms of you know some specific exercise or thing that she could do unfortunately i think the big thing is is controlling the other the root cause of the issue um which is obviously tougher um and more complicated but you know best of luck to you and your wife with that thank you so much no and problem. that's one thing that i love i love is, is when you say you can't it's not your thing you know you, you don't i'm, I'm very so honest about that yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie about that that's for sure perfect thanks so much for the call will all right, we're going to head to a break. Um, if you have any questions, uh, like Will, call us at 416-870-6400. Outside of the show, one 855 Dr. Lou. You can email him at info at pinpointhealth.ca. Follow him on social media, Instagram, Facebook. Just search Pinpoint Health. It's the Pinpoint Health Show on Global News Radio. And welcome back to the Pinpoint Health Show. I'm Danny Longo here with uh, Dr. Lou. Uh, if you have a question, give us a call, 416-870-6400, just like uh, this caller we have on the air. I believe it's uh, Bidya. How you doing in Mississauga? Oh, and we lost Bidya. Of course. Call <laughs> us back, 416-870-6400. No problem. I saw yeah. something I think I can see here on the phone. It said I, tinnitus, maybe? Yes, yeah. I believe so. Yeah, right, it said tinnitus, so, so, so some type of ringing in the ear. Uh, type of problem and I guess maybe be, as she calls back 
uh, he or she, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, but uh, that ringing in the ear um, tinnitus can be due to a lot of different things. Uh, one thing is the degenerative aspect of the ear canal as it gets older. Um, but it, it can be a pretty, I, I've spoken to people that have constant tinnitus and it's like, it can be pretty bad for someone if you had this constant ringing in no, the I ear. I can imagine, yeah, um, especially in my line of work. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be crazy. Um, but yeah, so it can be, there's a lot of different causes. I mean, I'd have to sort of speak to her a little bit more, um, on what, what types of things, you know, other symptoms that go along with the inner ear problems, um, you know, like balance issues and things like that. So, uh, it, it's a, it's a complicated problem and, and can be quite debilitating in terms of the psychology of a person to have to keep going through some. I, I've spoken to people. In fact, my aunt has always said she's got this ringing in the ear that she's had for the last, you know, 15 years or something. And I'm just wow. Wow, like, that's crazy. But um, but even that, the ringing in the ear stuff, is that her calling back? Uh, could be. Yeah, could I believe be. so. Yeah, but then, just give her a minute. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to sort of go through. And this is the thing, right? When you just hear a symptom, it's like my head's like exploding with like a million things that it could be. Yeah. And that's why I need to ask some questions Got in order to diagnose, to, yeah. Yeah, to sort of get to an idea of like how do I start to narrow it down. And it's funny, like all of I remember as I was going through school, professors would always say, you know, listen to the patient because they're telling you the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. That that um the way someone describes their symptoms in its temporal nature and all those things is so important. Okay, yeah, we're going to go to the call. It's uh, Bidya in Mississauga. Bidya, how you doing? Hello? Yeah, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. So what's your question for uh, the doctor? What's uh, so, what's yeah, the issue? talking about me. It's tinnitus uh, that I have, and um, he was discussing, and my line got disconnected. Yeah, so just go ahead. Uh, if you want to tell him about the problem, and uh, he can uh, try and help you out. Sure. Hello? Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. So what's going on? So um, a couple of years ago, I had um, a shingles. And uh, mm. two, three years before that, my ears, you know, they were already ringing. Two, three uh, years before I, the shingles. Before the shingles. Okay. But now, uh, then I had shingles in my right ear. And mm. after that, I have like the pulsating tinnitus on my right ear. Yeah. And um, I was told that probably I'm going deaf and stuff like that. So then I went and got the audiologist, um, you know, done all those tests. And they said, there's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I feel like my head is underwater. Yeah. Um, Prior I'm, to the, the shingles, was there a reason why you had the tinnitus? Like I that was no, diagnosed? I have no idea. Like I didn't, um, you know, the ringing was there. So I it eventually like, you know, I just got used to it, I guess. But yeah. um, I didn't really, I, I don't think I realized when it actually started. But I was I used to hear like this, um, you know, the, the high frequency sort of sound, but yeah, I wonder if it was related. So the, so the problem here is the shingles aspect of it, right? Because so so that virus lays dormant in in the nerve, right? And so the nerve that goes to your ear is actually part of the brainstem um, nerves. Uh, and so the problem is because that virus lives in the in the nerve, even when it's gone, it's not the symptoms may be gone, but the virus is not gone. And it's sort of, I don't know if you've ever heard of the term post-herpatic neuralgia, but people who get shingles, like say across their body, even mm-hmm. after the shingles is gone, they will describe pain in that nerve distribution and where they had that because of, of, a, of the nerve being so heightened in sensitivity. Really, tinnitus related to uh, to herpes, the vervidens virus, which is what uh, the shingles is, 
um, is is sort of pain in the nerve as a relation to that virus. So that's a very, very difficult thing to treat in term, terms of post-herpatic neuralgia because I would say you're suffering with, with that post-herpatic neuralgia, but instead of it being pain, the form of pain that you have is tinnitus because that's how, how the nerve in the in the ear works. It's not a pain nerve. It's a, it's a nerve for listening. So um, you'd have to go into some specialty types of clinics to see that type what, of stuff. What, what type have you ever seen a neurologist? Um, no, I haven't uh, seen a neurologist. Yeah, yes, I, I would say that something like that is sort of your next best bet is to speak with your family doctor um, and get in to see a neurologist. And even maybe the first neurologist that you see may not necessarily be an expert, but they will definitely start to move you towards um, someone who specializes more in those types of things. But that that's a tricky one as well. That that type of tinnitus. But I think you need to see a neurologist. Okay. Okay. It's, it's the uh, ringing is not so much like I've gotten used to it, but now the the pulsing tonight is in my right ear. Sometimes it's like somebody's walking up the. Yeah, stairs. no, I understand. But again, it's related to the fact that 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 shingles virus stays in the nerve, um, and that could be creating the problem. So there there'd have to be some specialized techniques that might be able to get tried. And the best people, the only people to do that is. Um, neurologists and, and p- perhaps neurosurgeons of that sort. So you'd have to, I think that's your best bet to go that route. Okay. 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 Good luck. Thank you. Thanks so much for the call. It's uh, it's the Pinpoint Health Show. If you want to, if you have a question for Dr. Lewis, 416-870-6400. Outside of the show, 855-55-DR-LEW. It's the Pinpoint Health Show on uh, Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back to wrap things up here on the Pinpoint Health Show. Uh, we got a caller, uh, so let's go right to him. It's uh, Jonathan in Kawartha. How you doing, Jonathan? Jonathan, are you there? How you doing? Good. How's it going? Good. You got a question for Dr. Lou? Yes. Uh, my biggest issue is is more the bigger picture. I don't feel like I have control when I go into a doctor. I try and run a blood test or screen for certain stuff, and I have to argue with the doctor on what I want checked off and what not because, quote-unquote, it's too expensive. If I don't use certain keywords like the pain is excruciating or it's, it's, it's this or that, the doctor won't uh, give me certain care. Uh, I book an appointment on a Monday. I go in, and they only give me five minutes of time and answer one question at a time. And I asked the doctor, okay, what do I have to do to get 20 minutes of time? Oh, no, that's not possible. Okay, do I call back and do I book an appointment Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to address five different questions? Well, no, that's not how you do it either. Well, it's okay. What? Okay, what okay, Jonathan, do do? calm down there. So what's your question for me? Because so number one, I cannot control what your doctor's office does in terms of bookings and the amount of time they allot for you. That is not, you know, that's out of my control in terms of when people... You know, it's not really a doctor goes to school for a very long time to know what tests need to be ordered and what tests don't need to be ordered. So it can be very frustrating when a patient comes in and thinks they know what they need in terms of a diagnostic testing. Right. So so that part is and that's how you first started. 
Um, I think that, that, you know, I don't know enough about the relationship between you and the doctor and what you're going through, but you know, that, that is not the way it works. You don't go somewhere. This isn't, this isn't a kiosk where you walk up to it and you're like, here, I want A, B, C, and D. Um, these things are not, that's not the way healthcare is done. There's a reason why they're the doctor, they're the professional with the knowledge base to, to make the recommendations on what it is would be best for your care. Now, the other possibility exists is, you know, people sometimes don't get along. So you might have the wrong doctor for you. And so I would encourage you to find another doctor in that sense, right? So I can't really comment again on why you know, the timing issues and how much time is spent with you. Uh, do I agree that more than five minutes should be spent with patients? Yes, absolutely. But I, you know, I don't control your doctor's office, so I have no... Sorry to interrupt. This isn't something specific to a doctor. I have three... This goes to the bigger issue. I have three family doctors, and it goes to the bigger right, issue, which is the point I'm making. Possible. And it's this, yeah, it is possible. <laughs> yeah, I can I've... give you their names or locations. So listen, the problem is anytime I go to a doctor... I can't get the allotted amount of time I want because right. there's no way to call in and say, hey, I'd like a 20-minute appointment. I want a 10-minute appointment. This has nothing to do with the specific relationship of my doctor or, or, or anything like that. It's that if anyone calls a doctor's office and says, hey, can I have five minutes to discuss it? Can I have 20? Again, I'm not trying to tell the doctor what to or not to do. But I, again, it goes to the major point I'm trying to make is that as a whole, I feel like in Canada and Ontario, medical services are out of my control i feel like a walking doctor is a gate well then i encourage you jonathan to call your local mpp they're the ones that control uh, that are at queen's park that control healthcare and speak to them that's not my job unfortunately so i can't i can't really help you but it's it's you're missing my point again i I totally understand your point but you're missing my point that is not something that i deal with um and so it's I, i there's nothing that i can possibly do Okay, yeah. As we were out of time, I had to I had to put him on hold. Sure, that's fine. Like totally out yep. of time here, but uh, but uh, anything you just want to finish up with? No, uh, I mean, I, point? It, the only thing that I can tie in there is if you're unhappy. One of the advantages of my team at Pinpoint Health is we do really try to provide the best care for patients, right? right? So so if you're someone that has some type of similar experience where you're a little frustrated, again, I can't control what other people what other health teams are doing out there i can definitely control what me and my team do and i think most people that come find that experience to be very pleasant they get the time that's needed they they are able to have be part of the of the health care team and not just a a consumer of it so that might be an advantage of pinpoint health and i'm happy to you know sort of try to encourage people to do that but i'm not forcing them either it's it's totally uh up to you and 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 what you want out of your health Perfect. Yeah. And if you have a question for Dr. Lou, uh, it's one 855 doctor Lou. Email info at pinpointhealth.ca or visit pinpointhealth.ca. Follow him on social media as well, Instagram, Facebook, all the good stuff. It's uh, Pinpoint, a Pinpoint Health Show with Dr. Lou on Global News Radio. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.